right. Nate. Yes, sir. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. Thank you for thank you for turning tu- turning in and tuning in, whichever <laughs> you're going to be doing. So turning in, tuning in, whichever. So this is the God Guns and Family podcast with me, Mike, and Nate over yonder. Yes, sir. Right here, right here. We are just two fellers working on um, pursuing Jesus and trying to bring you guys along the way if anyone um, needs help or tips not that i'm an expert nate is pretty good at it <laughs> so we'll uh we'll go from there and uh, yes sir yeah all right cool so we have an agenda like we had last time um simple stuff nothing yes. significantly crazy and what i'm going to do actually is i'm going to start a timer because i forgot to do it last time so that we know when to take the break yep and so just get so- cut off yeah, so it doesn't get cut off. Well, I guess that's not going to work that way. Sweet. Cool. All right. So um, today's topic, um, basically sin, right? So we're going to yep. talk about what is sin um, and like what are some of the common sins for men, you know? So yep. um, I have an idea on what sin is, but nothing to the extent of what you may understand is it may be a little different. So yeah, it's pretty uh, interesting how that whole thing I know we'll get into that in, 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 in a little bit, but I mean, really though, like sin is a term in art of like out of archery, like when professional archery, like you, you draw your bow back, you take your shot and your arrow falls underneath the bullseye. That is a sin that is called sin. The drop in the arrow before it reaches the target, causing you to miss the mark. Oh, dang. I mean, it's pretty interesting. I mean, in that concept anyway, right. Even kind of piggybacking off what we had talked about the last, you know, last episode was, you know, missing the mark, you know, falling. Um, But yeah, dude, sin is, is, I mean, it's really a complexly simple organism, really. I mean, it's, it's an, it's an interesting thing to even think about, you know, like what is sin? And I think even as a as a man particularly i'm sure there's a different set of quote sins that are more common for women but you know me being a man and you being a man we can attest and talk about what that you know that is for us so i want to hear your definition of and conceptually of what uh, sin is to you and what you've studied and learned yeah so i mean really to me it's anything that's kind of like it's pretty simple. Anything that like doesn't, I don't even know, like doesn't feel right. Right. So like we all have an idea on like the 10 commandments, right? Like, yep. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not, you know, all those other things, what we shall not, what we shall not do. Um, but if you break it down and kind of like think about it as a person, as a human being, um, as a man, um, ultimately, what you're coming down with is like specific things like that. If you're, if you're trying to be a good person, you'll never even deal with those anyway. Right. Yeah. So it all comes down to like, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to read the 10 commandments because you know, I want to be. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. So you shall not uh, have any gods before me. You shall not make, I shall not make idols. You shall to not take the name of the Lord in vain. Remember the Sabbath and day and keep it holy. 
honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor and you shall not covet. But I think, I mean, you just touched on, on how like sin can kind of be an abstract thing from person to person. So, I mean, for instance, this one is going to get touchy as far as the church is concerned, but really um, alcohol, right? Mm -hmm. So me in recovery, I absolutely know that alcohol for me would be sin because it causes me to do things. And I mean, I introduce alcohol into my system that starts a chain reaction of things of that from the moment it happens to the end is, is drawing me further away from um, God and personally goes against the conviction that God's got in my own heart. So yep. on the other side of that, if you can drink responsibly, first of all, I envy you. Second of all, that's between you and God. So sin can also be very fluid from person to person. Obviously, Ten Commandments, you kill somebody, you you broke God's law, but you're going to do some time in the state pen. But also, on the other side of it, right, self-defense. Also true. You know? I so- mean... I'm, I mean, yes, a hundred percent agree. I mean, I feel like on the self-defense side, you shouldn't be carrying a gun in your waist at any point in time, unless you've counted the cost of what that potentially could be the final outcome of, which yeah. for me personally, a hundred percent, it's like, I feel naked when I leave the house and I, it's, it's not attached to my person. Um, right. But on the other side of that, it, I mean, that's what I'm saying. This whole thing of sin is remarkably fluid. And so, I mean, would you say that it's different, like per person? Then, no, I like, wouldn't. I wouldn't say necessarily different per person. Things that the Holy Spirit convicts in you will be different from person to person. But yeah. you know, like the God's commandments, right here, like that's like obviously the obvious ones, like stealing, theft. You know, I'm, it's these things that are, that there's like a finite, but then really like, it's really the job of the Holy Spirit to convict you and the Holy Spirit within you. So different people are on different stretches and walks, right? So like, you know, we talked about the cussing thing before. Some people are further along and really feel a conviction that cussing is like a conviction and if they're disobeying the conviction, really what the sin is comes down to this, the conviction of the Holy Spirit within you and you're obeying or disobeying the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Like so willingly. Correct. Making a conscious decision to say not going to happen. Yeah. I'm doing the opposite. I want to, I'm doing what Nate wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I guess like, so one of the thing that, one of the things that comes to mind is like, um, I can't remember what it is. Uh, something about um, drunkard. So, drunkard is in somewhere, right? Who says it? Yeah. It's like in, is it in John or something? I can't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a drunkenness is is the sin. Or um, so, sober minded. Be sober minded is be, what I mean mm-hmm. to say. So Correct. that's that's in that's somewhere. Yes, <laughs> so there's no. somewhere. Be sober minded. <laughs> so like, I guess to me, um, that would pretty much kind of go along the lines of any type of inebriation at all, right? 
but also um like we have friends that were over here that um they're they're my neighbor i don't know if i told you but my neighbor zach his dad is a pastor has been a pastor for centuries he's not that old um but his name's mike so he's super cool and um I like all so, the mics i know are pretty cool you know yeah they're all pretty cool and um so his so my buddy zach his sister lauren is good friends with aaron and we're good for, i mean we're good friends with both of both couples like their mm-hmm. family we go you know we yeah. do thanksgiving with them do christmas with them whatever um and we're we're good friends with our neighbors bottom line so lauren we were over here they were over here the other day and we were like having some drinks or whatever and and kind of like i was kind of talking about this um and i brought it up for me as like well you know being sober-minded as opposed to right now and she's like yeah but i don't think that that's kind of the same thing i think what it means is more along the lines of like overdoing it always you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um constantly being in a state where you are not able to be like i think the way that i interpret it is if you're at a point where you're trying to talk to god and you don't even know what you're saying or you just you know what i mean like something like that if you aren't able to have your sober thoughts and like communicate to god however it is you communicate with him whether it's Mm -hmm. you know verbally or through your mind however you want to do it he knows what's going on no matter what so if you want to write down your prayer or whatever it is yep. it doesn't matter either way is fine i mean but yeah so for me it's like you know not that way like it's not it's not like i'm constantly under the influence all the time you know every once in a while okay because like and this is just maybe me justifying it but mm-hmm. you know they all drank wine it's true at, at like almost every meal yeah i mean caveat to that though it's not like your chardonnay from you know um, the sonoma valley in northern california right literally i mean because waterborne pathogens existed in the first century so the fermentation process was to neutralize and kill these bacteria and pathogens that were waterborne so it's i mean of course the alcohol level is extremely low or much lower than what we've got today, but you drink enough of it, you're going to introduce the bacteria that make you feel drunk, right? The, the the experience, but yeah, what we're talking about on be sober minded is in first Peter five. It's talking about, you know, be sober minded and be watchful for your adversary uh, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking and someone to devour, resist him and, and, you know, stay firm in your faith. And it goes on from there. But like for me, so sober minded though, could also be, like say something sets you off and you're blinded in rage. Is that yep. sober minded? No, your mind is clouded. So I feel like it goes down to, I mean, first and foremost, it boils down to how near you are to the Holy spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, anything that's clouding that to me, I mean, also it's like two things, right? You can't have something that's drawing you closer to Christ, but yet pulling you away. Like, it's not like you can have both ways at the same time, right? You're either doing stuff that's going to propel you forward or you're doing stuff that's going to 
inevitably pull you backwards. It's not like, you know, I'm going to do this with this hand, which is good. Sober mindedness, but also this over here doing things that are going to pull me. It's, you know, you can't feed, you know, God and mammon, the God of this world at the same time, like you can inside you, it's either one or the other. And, um, you know, this analogy inside, right. That I, you know, I've heard years and years and years ago when I was back in Calvary ranch in Cal in San Diego, California, but it's basically the essentially is there's two dogs inside you and they're warring with each other. Which one is going to win? It's going to be the one you feed. Mm -hmm. Really? What, what are you feeding more of? Yes. Like, like I said before, if you can casually drink, that's awesome. I, I'm like, I envy that. Like, I can't just like, Hey, go down. Yo, Mike, dude, let's go down. Let's kick back a beer and chill out. I I'm jealous of that. I can't. It's because I know I don't do, I can't, I mean, it's just not an option for me, but it's like, goes back going down to how well you're hearing, you know, what the Holy spirit is convicting you of, you know? So it's really a vastly complex. I mean, and a lot of people, even in the church in general, um, you know, denomination to denomination, pastor to pastor, person to person, has a different interpretation of the line, right? Like if you yeah. go up, could mean as human humanity, we want that finite definitive line. This is how close to the line I can get to and still be quote good or still be good, you know, quote on the right side of where I'm supposed to be. It's just, that's what, that's what justification and rationality in yeah. humanity does, you know? Um, let me see how much of the world I can take in without it being considered bad you know it's just jesus lived in uh, in certain things very black and white like you're either for me or you're against oh, yeah. me yeah you know it jesus is profound you know i don't know that's awesome but yeah go ahead you got anything to add to that no i just was um i i think that it comes down to like for your like I don't know what your specific situation is about as far as like mm -hmm. your drinking. I know you brought it up to me before. Yeah. Um so like that I guess would be falling under like the our next bullet point here would be mm -hmm. like the the our own personal struggles. Yep. You know, um mm -hmm. like drinking is one. Um like one of the things that I suffered with is like not I guess not suffered, but one of the issues that I had um is like I was like a very strong proponent of admiring women. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It sounds awful and it, and it is. And it, you know, I've since, you know, turned over a new leaf. Um, but I was at a point where it was like, that's when I asked you that specific thing that we talked about yep. in the last podcast, like, you know, cause I didn't know that it says in the Bible, like if you, less after a woman in your mind, you've already committed adultery, right? Yep. So not necessarily lusting after a woman, but even just kind of like, like, whoa, she's like super fine or like she has great physique or whatever. Cause like for me, it was primarily like fitness based. Yeah. You know? And even then not only is that like not necessarily lusting, but it's like in a sense, I guess, idolatry. Yeah. Right. Which is also another sense. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, you know what down. I mean? Yeah. And like, and to me, and this is kind of like being a little, I don't know, excessive, I think, but 
Mm-hmm. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, you know, yeah. like that's just kind of it. And I think that kind of brings in the whole previous conversations that we've had where it's like, it's never, you're never going to, you're never going to get there. You're never yeah. going to get to the point where you're like, there, there's no righteousness. You're going to be pursuing it nonstop. You're never going to be perfect. And as long as you understand that and you're understanding what you're doing wrong and you're making an active attempt to try to change those behaviors and thoughts and actions or whatever it is, that's what matters, you know? Yeah. And I, and I like, and I hope that's right. I mean, we don't know exactly how it is, but that's like mm-hmm. how it's interpreted in a lot of ways. And I hope it's right because man, I screw up <laughs> yes, all <sir>. the time, <laughs> all the time. And I, and it's just at a point where it's like, man, I can't do anything correctly. Like I just, yep. um, like turning this way. Oh man, sin. Oh man. Like now it's going back and forth, back and forth, like nonstop all day long. And I'm just like, man, is it, is it worth it? But it is, you know, yep. like just trying, just trying to be better, like trying mm-hmm. to, um, you know, do whatever it is like, uh, the cussing thing. I can't remember where in the Bible it says, it doesn't necessarily say not cussing, but it says something like foul, not foul mouth. What do you remember yes. exactly? What it says? Um, I don't, I'll, I can look it up in just a minute, but it talks about, uh, blessings and cursings. And I believe it's in James blessings and cursings shouldn't come from the same spring talking about the tongue, the mouth. So, um, yeah, dude. I mean, it also, they call it cursing, you know, really you're speaking curses, yeah, is is what they're talking about and falls right in line with cussing, right? Like, I, you, I mean, in the culture now, everything is effing awesome this and, you know, it, it's just it's everywhere. Like, I can't go to work and not have a manager slap me on the back like you're doing a good effing job today, buddy. It's like, thanks, man. You know, it's just everywhere. But really, it's talking about, you know, and James is talking about the tongue. No man can can tame it. But to not have both you know, salt water and fresh water flow from the same spring. Yeah. So I just found a couple. Um, it says in Matthew five thirty four to swear, not at all, where Jesus oh, tells yeah. his listeners to swear, not at all. And then in Ephesians four twenty nine says, watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps each word a gift. So there's, a, and I know there's many other, not many, maybe not many, but there's probably a few others where it yep. specifically goes over something along those lines. And yep. it just, you know, we just have to, I, just got to think about it. What's going on? You know, the, it's the um, amazing part of, of how even God outlined this whole thing, right? Like he gave us the Torah, the book, the law that mm-hmm. exposes the reality that no one can live up to these things. Like this is the standard of perfection, which is why all throughout the old Testament, it was the atoning of sin up to that point, the sacrifices on the altar, the whole, I mean, read Leviticus, you know, it's in just this, this many goats for this, this many calf for that. Um, Really the, the only payment for sin, right, is is blood atonement, which is what the Bible is talking about in Leviticus. Is up until this point, you have to petition a priest or a high priest to sac- make the sacrifice for you up to this point, and your sins have been forgiven up to that very day. But then 
that starts the clock all over again and all the sins you're going to do going forward, which is why when Jesus came, you know, he's, he's talking about the, the, the last sacrifice, his yeah. blood is the atonement for everything. But right. what's really awesome is we have this, this picture, this, you know, this, you know, painting of how sinful we are as a person. And then we introduce Jesus and the grace that is within him that shows you only through him and the pursuit of him is, is how you're going to enter in heaven. But the grace part is amazingly beautiful. It's this, this overwhelming realization that aside from Christ, I can do no thing. Like I can't be a better person in myself, right? It's not, you know, when we're talking about, you know, changing your behaviors, it's not that we're not talking about, you know, for, for everyone listening, we're talking about self-help and, and thinking better and positivity. No, dude, it's the realization that only through the time spent with the Holy Spirit and at the foot of the cross is going to be the transformational power spending with, with the Holy Spirit, that it, that relationship is the only thing that's going to cause a change in the mind is going to cause a change in your thought life. You know, it, it, how it goes is, is thought, a bunch of thoughts turn into, you know, a, a, a minor action, a minor action turns into a major action. And before you know it, you're entirely uh, on to doing something that's a full range of motion and, and sequence of, of events and actions. Right. So, you know, the grace to think about what you're thinking about as a dude is even goes back to what you're talking about. Like, you know, I mean, even if it's called every man's struggle for a reason, right. It's like the lust of the eyes, these insatiable things that just want to take in everything. And, you know, kind of, we alluded to in the prior, the prior podcast is this, you know, insatiable lust of the appetite, the flesh, the eyes. It's like, you know, we overeat, we overdrink, we over, I mean, you look at women, like it's this lustful innate part of who we are. I mean, it really is just, it's insane how in our, in and of ourselves, we are just filthy rags. You know, as Jesus says, like, dude, I'm like, I mean, like he, he's so profound that he's given us the ability and the way through that. And yeah. it is through the pursuit, like we were talking about, right? Like, yeah, everywhere you look, you're like, dang, man, I sinned here. Oh man, I sinned there. Oh man, I sinned here. It's like, if you start looking at this tally marks on the wall of how many times you sin a day, you're going to lose sight of the grace. And if you're right. anything like, if you're like anything like me, I'm my own worst enemy and my own worst critique. I'm like my, I, I, I'm the one that hangs myself most of the time. Like, oh man, I messed up here. I did this. I struggled here. Um, there was this one pastor one time I had just got clean, um, from drugs and alcohol and my brother kind of took over and filled the, the space that I was filling. Um, and I was really down and beating up myself. Like, oh, if it wasn't for me, you know, and my actions, my brother wouldn't be here. You know, it's all because of me. And I went up to this one guy um, Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man, um, side note, his hands were like gorilla hands and his fingers were like giant sausages. <laughs> he was, he was the, the biggest hands I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, but he shakes my hand and he takes this big old pointy finger right on my chest. And I was telling him the whole story about how can I forgive myself? And he's like, I'm going to stop you right there. in this super deep voice and poke in my chest. He's like the one perfect being in the entire universe has forgiven you. You're arrogant not to forgive yourself. And that stuck with me. Sometimes we feel like my sin 
is so bad. How can Jesus forgive me? You know what you just did? You just took yourself and made yourself the idol saying, I'm too good for the grace of Jesus. Come on now. Yeah. Come on. That's crazy. Right. It's and like, um, but that kind of touches on another thing where, you know, individuals, uh, they go and they like are doing whatever they want and they're like grace and like, you know, grace, 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 you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, it's kind of a terrible situation to put yourself in, but I mean, like it is, and I'm in the same boat as you, man. Like I I'm at a position where it's like, dude, like I just can't figure this out. Like this is like, I'm just, it's like one thing after another. And like, yeah, I understand that that's the reason why Jesus was here. He's the reason why we have grace. He's the reason why, you know, um, we're going to have salvation based on, x y and z right not because we're perfect because we will never be even close to it that's why he was here i mean that's 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 just the whole thing and i think that if we understand that yeah we have to try our best to pursue but nobody's perfect everybody's going to be falling short and we just have to understand that and kind of give ourselves a little grace too yep you know, just kind of rolling with yes. that. So, you know, we, you know, just being candid and frank, you know, a season of struggling with pornography, right? And I, you know, met down with my pastors and sat down and was just like, hey, man, I'm struggling here. And, you know, how, you know, how could I do this? I failed as a husband. I failed as a father, you know, yeah, doing the whole, you know, self beat down thing. And my, one of my pastors goes, man, just chill, bro. Like you've <laughs> Just repented. Chill. Literally, that's how it talks to me. And if you met him, I'll, when you come down to Phoenix, I'll show you Pastor Preston. He's amazing. Um, sits down with me and just goes, chill, bro. You, there's, there's grace. But what I want you to do is unhook yourself. You've got this hook in your mouth and you keep tugging on it. That how could I do this? How, how could I do, unhook yourself and give yourself some grace? He's like, you're not exempt from the grace of Jesus. And, you know, for those people who are listening that, you know, haven't necessarily sold all the way out to this whole thing yet, dude, I want to encourage you this. You, there's no amount of self-help that you can do to make yourself, you know, like kind of what we talked about before. I'm just going to get fit enough to do jujitsu and get on the mats, or I'm, I'm just going to clean myself up enough to step foot into church, man. Dude, Jesus has seen it all. He's waiting. He's standing at the door and he's knocking, dude. But you don't have to clean yourself up, man. What more more amazing place to be than to walk in the in the doors as you are? Um, it's. Can you see that you know, when I was typing it? Yeah, dude, it's kind of a trip. <laughs> <laughs> and my ADHD Sorry. does. <laughs> my ADHD does. I didn't know I was it like, until I was done. Oh, Lordy B. That's hilarious. Um, dude, yeah. But yeah, dude, just show up as you are, man. There's nothing you've done. There's nothing you will do that'll separate you from the love of Jesus. And it's just, it is what it is, man. He's forever in pursuit. You got to think of that, dude. Like when I was this drug addict, alcoholic, middle fingers to, to God's face, like, dude, I was still sitting in his lap. He still had me. He was mm-hmm. still pursuing me. Man, that's mind blowing. Man, I I read something. I don't even know where it was. I think it was yesterday or today. And it was, it basically said like, 
we're not pursuing him. He's pursuing us. Something like that. Yep. And I'm like, crazy concept, dude. Like that shouldn't be happening. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we suck. We are, we are like, you know, he's got to be, especially nowadays, right? Like, cause, uh, before I think I told you this before, before Christmas, we were going, the, we went through the book of Ruth at church. Yep. I didn't even know there was a book of Ruth, honestly. <laughs> That's what we're um, for, bro. So he was he was talking about how like um it took part like during when Judges was done. And he was like, Yeah, he's like, this is a time in the world when like everyone was like not, you know, doing whatever they wanted to. They were kind of just doing their own thing, making doing whatever they wanted to be happy, that kind of stuff. And he's like, hmm. Yeah. Sounds like sounds like today, doesn't it? And I'm like, dude, no kidding. So, yeah. you know, and we, we, I don't, the book of Ruth, if you, if whoever's listening, if you haven't looked at it, it's like, it probably takes five minutes to read it. Yeah. I think maybe it's ten, like, a, maybe 10, like it's like yeah, four it's chapters. Like, yeah. Three or four. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean and it's dude, cool. The story is pretty dope if you think about it. Um, but for those, for st- those, yeah. And we know, like, then you start looking at how that ties in historically with the Bible. It blows your mind. Yeah. These because things like, are interwoven because you don't even realize it. Like the it's, it's in the family tree, Jesus's family tree. Like if you go into at the beginning of Matthew, Matthew yeah, Matthew shows the lineage. Matthew has the lineage. Um, and it's like way up here. And then Jesus is way down here, like on the tree, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's pretty crazy. And having the, having the knowledge to kind of look at that and be like, man, okay. So like, this is what, and if you look at it, if anyone's listening, look in the beginning of Matthew, the lineage is like the very first chapter one, verse one. There's like, (laughs) so I think it was 41 or 42, right? Yeah. There's Um, a bunch. Yep. So that, that would be something to look at. And you can see like, um, if you look at, uh, really anything where someone's talking about Jesus being the son of David kind of thing, not necessarily, but it's in his lineage, right? David's in his lineage. Um, it kind of yep. goes from there. So it's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, it goes all. Yeah, I mean, there's like the first. I think it's like 41 or 42 is what the pastor said. Yeah, it's like I the first 16, 17 verses of Matthew are all talking about the lineage of where Jesus came from. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. It is pretty sweet. Cool. That's, All right. Yeah. So we got like we got like four minutes before this is going to cut off. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break. Let's do it. We're going to flip it back on. And as you can hear in the break, there's going to be a little advertisement that is lovely Amanda. <laughs> yeah. Recorded it last time. That is Nate's. Um, what is it? Esposa. That's, yeah, it's my wifey. Wifey, She's amazing. Wife, yep. Wifey, wifey. So if you're in yep. the Phoenix area, listen to that and then hit them up. Yes, and, uh, we'll, please do. Take care we'll, of you. Uh, holla at you here in um, a few minutes.
Just Be Or is a local Phoenix, Arizona family business that offers three services. Be Organized is our personal organization service. We will organize and declutter projects in your home or offices. Be Hauled is our junk and debris removal services. We haul away unwanted junk, yard debris, and furniture. And Be Restored Designs is our furniture restoring service. We restore and customize your older wooden pieces, breathing life back into them. We would love to give you a helping hand. For more information or to get a free quote, find us on Facebook or Instagram. Links will be included in the description below. Or you can shoot us an email at just.b.ohr516 at gmail.com. All righty, everybody. Thank you for listening still after the break. Like I said before, that was Amanda. If you live in the Phoenix area, hit them up. Get your stuff hauled. You know what I'm saying? Good. Yeah, we'll love to take care of you. Yeah. All right, cool. So we were talking about, I don't even remember what we were talking about. It was like two seconds ago. <laughs> Good grief. Yo, hey, that's two dudes that have mild ADHD. I mean, mine's not diagnosed. It's clinically ADHD, but self-diagnosed. Your, yeah, your boy got it for real. So um, on the agenda that we have, basically, what we were talking about before is like individual sin. Yep. Um, nobody's going to be perfect. Just kind of try your best. Like, obviously, you can't just be like, well, I'm going to look at all these women and grace, 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 grace. Don't do that. Yeah, that's dangerous. That's a dangerous, dangerous. place to be. That's when so you don't start do that. leading your own way. Yeah, don't do that. They don't That's do that. Bad. So, um, yeah. So basically what we're going to talk about now, um, current events, right? So like what's going on? I know you're kind of starting a new thing going on with church. Like what's, yeah, dude, tell us so about that. I know it's probably a new like, thing. I'm pretty stoked about it. Yeah. I'm pretty stoked too. So probably about, uh, I was originally approached with the idea of, uh, taking over the safety team, like probably a year ago. And like the, our bandwidth as a family just wouldn't support that. So I told them, no, not an option. I still would serve. So, you know, this Sunday will be the, the Sunday I serve the safety team, all three services. Um, but really just wasn't able to commit to leading or co-leading the team, which is really what they were needing. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, I just couldn't do it. So, excuse me, mm-hmm. um, probably like a month ago, this guy he's like a a good friend and mentor of mine um he's also a phoenix police officer he just kind of pulls me off to the side and he's got this specific look that i i know like hey something's coming down the pipe um so he gives me this look from across our like lobby area our foyer and he's like hey i i need you just to think about this all right just prayerfully consider this what i'm about to ask of you and i'm like oh man what's this so he's like yo i'm really thinking you'd be you and uh, this other brother could be, you know, co-leads of the safety team. We really need this, um, you know, this role filled. Our prior safety director, he works for a gun manufacturer and has like, you know, multi-million dollar accounts all over the world. And he, you know, he's been probably overseas more than he's been here the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, really, um you know, was, had to step back and step away from that. Um, so 
they that's what i'm doing man i was like all right dude jesus and it was kind of crazy too because then like right after um i mean i intentionally uh, intentionally stayed pretty anonymous at church for a long time like you know kept you know leadership capabilities and all that like just low-key just wasn't ready to you know step in and when he asked me that i was already feeling the holy spirit like even before like i was driving to church and he was like nudging me like yo it's time to get involved you know, I'm praying like, yo, okay, what's, where am I supposed to get involved? And it was like that night yeah. he was just boom, dialed me in. And I, I kind of warred with it for a minute. And Amanda just kind of looked at me, my wife and was like, so when are you going to step up and and go all in? I'm like, okay, holy man up to dude. my wife. Yeah. Dang. Basically. Yeah. Basically sack up. And, you know, so I messaged them like, yo, I'm in whatever, whatever this is going to look like, let's do it. And, you know, really charged with building the other guy I'm co-leading with is, is really like, uh, administratively side. Like he can, he can rally the troops, um, gather them up, but they really relying on me to like, um, foster and build a culture and, and really more on like, you know, a tactical side where this gentleman, you know, he's, he's, he's an older dude and I'm really great with what's going on inside the sanctuary, but hasn't, doesn't really have the bandwidth to do anything outside of that. So yeah. I had a privilege of doing like a, a threat assessment with a dude who, um, uh, basically managed in the height of COVID, he, um, in, uh, uh, constructed and made and, um, all the, uh, testing sites for the COVID-19 pandemic. And like, he was charged with doing all of them in Arizona and his, I mean, he's got PhDs and he's currently like, you know, working for the government and NASA and doing all this other crazy cool stuff. And, but part of his job is threat assessment. And he, we had a privilege of walking our building and, you know, walking off like, you know, weakness here, you know, that kind of cool stuff. So he's in the, he's in our corner too, but really charged with, you know, taking the team, cultivating a culture of brotherhood and, um, you know, moving it forward. So that's, what's kind of new in the, in the church world. Uh, cool. What about you? I know you got kind of got, uh, got to ask something pretty recently. Yeah. So, um, so basically for me, I'm not as far along as you are just because the campus is so new. So they're still coordinating everything and, um, mm -hmm. all that kind of whatnot, all that. I don't know. Can you say that all that kind of whatnot? Yeah, dude. I, yeah, I mean, whatever. I didn't even do whatever think you want. a second. Yeah. I didn't even second thinking uh, to take a second thinking. Yeah. Obviously we're making our own language here, bro. We're, <laughs> we're living. So apparently when I said you got godded last time, uh, a lot of people thought that was hilarious. So that's yeah. a verb. Um, that's a verb now. Yep. I told you, is, dude. That's, that's a verb. So, yeah. So um, I haven't been in the church as long as you, like I, like I was saying before, and anyone who's listening heard me talk about it the last time. Um, but essentially, when I decided to like get into it, I wanted to be a part of the church and be active in the church um like That's not necessarily big. yeah not necessarily like un, it's not necessarily unfortunate um just because it is what it is and john actually said it's not a bad thing because the men's group is like there's a lot of older men yep not a lot our age which is whatever and john actually because i go to him for a lot of stuff too like i do to you um basically said like that's not a bad thing there's a lot of wisdom with the older dudes yeah um you know so i'm i know that and i'm not like 
that's not a negative aspect for me. It's just like, for me, I think maybe like if there was a men's group that was like, maybe like 35 to 50 and then another <laughs> yeah. one fifty and up maybe, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there aren't a lot of groups because the campus is, is brand new. Um, like I was saying before. And one of the things that I wanted to do is be part of the security team or the safety team. And when I initially started going, like literally two days after we went to our first service, I met with the pastor. Um, I told you this, so I went and had coffee with him yep. and we talked about like basically everything. And um, I brought up the specific thing that I wanted to do and which was the safety team. And be, just because like, I feel like that's the best way for me to contribute. Yep. Um, and John Lovell, uh, the warrior poet, I think I sent you those things. Yep. Um, basically the same concept is, is that is like, look, like I only know certain things, right? I know how to shoot, move and communicate. I know how to do first aid. I know how to do like all of those things. And in the real way for me that I think I can contribute to the church is to do those things yep. in that capacity. So yes, the same thing, like, so me and you, um, kind of like on the same playing field, as far as like the safety team goes, you probably have a little bit more, um, like your, your church knows you a lot better than they know me. Yeah. Obviously your church doesn't know me. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about my church knowing me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, no, I know what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like to me, like, I think that that's a good thing. So in our, our like head of the safety ministry, they call it a safety ministry. Um, mm -hmm. It's not just that it's like, we're doing outside stuff too. So I think that's going to be like my, my men's group quote air quotes That'd be um, cool. because the head of it is, his experience is not significant. I mean, he's got, um, and not, I'm not saying that this is the end all be all, but like he basically, when I was talking to him and telling him about my background, he goes, Whoa, he's like, we're probably going to use you to set up the training and range stuff. Um, yes. cause his background is strictly national guard, which isn't necessarily bad, but depending on, I mean, there's doing, a difference between national guard and, combat deployed that's yeah. entirely different <clears throat> yeah so there's different aspects to it um so he brought it up and was like hey you know you may want to be the head of training we also have a swat officer oh, that's who cool. is in the church um and when we did the trunk retreat he brought the their armored vehicle over yeah oh, that's um, sweet. yeah so it was pretty dope so that that's there i told him about um like my jujitsu experience and he kind of was a little like, whoa, you know, not that I'm an expert by any means, but I'm decent, you know, like you have a refined, average... yes, you have a refined set of skills. Most people don't. Yeah. So, and I mean, and you too, like, so when we're talking about jujitsu, um, we've been training for some time, you know, yes, for, I think, I mean, I started training and then I think you came to one of our classes. <laughs> yeah. Like dude. I was training for stuck, like, yeah. Like, Two, two, three it was months. Like, yeah, I, I mean, three months at the absolute most. Yeah, and like, yeah. and I, and I just was like shocked to like your level of ability. And now it's like, 
Okay. It'd be a fun Fine. little role. I, I need, we need to get on some mats actually. No. <laughs> That'd be fun. No. Yeah. <laughs> so like, and, and, um, I think that that's a pretty important thing too, like for everyone to understand with not only just with jujitsu, but like as, as a man, right. So yeah. our job as men is to be the protectors, whether yes, it be sir. just our family or in general. Right. Yep. So like, this is my situation for me. If I'm at a place, wherever it may be, grocery store, library, I never go to the library. I can't read. <laughs> I was going to say it was a little um, <laughs> So um, like, like grocery store, that's pretty much all I go to. Grocery store and maybe D&B, which is like a tractor supply on steroids because they have this ginormous gun counter in the back. So oh, that's D&B beautiful. supply is pretty awesome. Uh, the only thing they don't have there is like lumber. Right. So otherwise I wouldn't go shopping anywhere else except the grocery store. <laughs> so in those situations, if I see and this is just me, if I see someone who is being, you know, whatever, uh, they're being you can tell, disrespectful, yeah. they're being they're being aggressive, whatever the case may be. I'm going to keep an eye on them. And if the police aren't showing up, I'm going to, you know, I'll call them or whatever. Uh, yep. If it escalates before the police show up and someone is in danger, then I, at that point I'll jump in. Um, if my son's not with me, yep. if my kid's with me, I probably won't do anything. Um, I mean, your job is protecting him at that point. Yeah. So, but in those, in those situations, right. I mean, the jujitsu is a pretty significant tool. Um, like, like you were talking about last time, people are like, I want to get in shape before I go, which is no. one of the dumbest things. I um, I think as anyone that pract is a practitioner of the sport of jujitsu, that's like nails on chalkboard kind of words. Cause you could take a triathlete and stick him on a mat for three, 15 or three, five minute rounds. Yeah. And by the first one, your boy be gassed out and nothing <laughs> left in the tank. And someone's got knee on belly and he's going to submit because of the pressure on his, on his yeah. sternum. And that's not even like the real neon belly. That's like just that's gentle. That's just that's just the weight. That's not the belt yeah. and the collar. Yeah, that's not fun. I don't care how long you've been training. If they get that on the sol- on the solar plex and they're driving their knee to the yeah. mat through your spine, that's a- enough to make you want to cry. Yeah. So point of this story for everyone listening is that you do not have to be in shape to start jujitsu. Period. No, sir. You cannot wait until you're in shape, quote unquote, before you start doing jujitsu. If you're going to start it, start it. If you're not, don't say that you're going to wait until you're in good shape. Just say that you're not going to do it. Until you show up. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you're not going to train, then just say you're not going to train. Don't don't throw out there like, oh, wait until I get in good shape because it's silly. There's nothing that you're going to do that's going to get you in shape to do jujitsu there's no you can't run you can't do sprints you can't do anything like that um one of my really good friends uh ben he started jujitsu and he's running like half marathons yeah and like the first or the second day he started doing he started doing rounds after class he like ran outside and he's thrown up yep and he's like dude i don't understand like my cardio is really good and i'm like yeah your running cardio is good your fighting cardio sucks yep Dude, so. I mean, yeah, I mean, neurologically, you're running it at, at, at the highest level you can because 
jujitsu is a game of ch- human chest, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, you're baiting people and yeah, applying strict strategy and technique to subdue your opponent, um, all while using every ounce of physical force that you can muster within your body to impose that will or yeah. not not have someone else's will imposed on you. There's no, there's nothing. I mean, mat time and mat lungs are only earned on the mat. You can't yeah. do anything that's going to going to take a shortcut in that arena. Yeah. And like uh, the biggest thing for me, like, so I'm not the most aggressive dude at all. I mean, I'm not aggressive at all. Anyone who's trained with me knows I'm not aggressive. I'm like the least aggressive person. All the professors get very upset with me because I'm not aggressive. Um, <laughs> that's just kind of how the it passive is. passive giant I on just, the mat. Yeah, I just, um, you know, my guard's not very good, and I usually will just kind of fall back into a guard and just kind of, you know, defend a little bit and wait for someone to make a mistake and then whoop, yep. sweep, mount, maybe. I think that was one of the best things I ever arm did. Arm triangles in... or something. Exactly. Uh, something. I mean, it, a beautiful arm triangle to have in your toolbox. I mean, you can hit him from anywhere. Yeah, um, and like. I was telling Andrew today, my son, everyone who's listening, who's been doing jujitsu just as long as me. So just over well, about four and a half years. He's like a little and, killer, man. Dude. And so I was telling him, like, start trying to take the back. Like, yes, make that your goal. Yep. Because if you think about it, because he likes to do triangles a lot. Um, but if you think about like the like the attacks and the practicality of jujitsu the triangle is okay if you can get someone and submit them quickly because if you don't if you don't choke them out to the point where they're unconscious quickly you're gonna get slammed yeah you know the back of your skull is gonna bounce on the concrete yep so and i told him i was like if you're gonna be in a guard be able to take the back from the guard Mm -hmm. because that's like the safest place to be on the street is like if you have someone's back because they're i mean if you have a really good like back like if you can get a body triangle or something like that sink in a choke i mean that it's done like he likes to do but he likes to do arm bars and stuff too but being able to take someone's back choke them unconscious or strangle them however you want to refer to it to the point where they're not able to their unconscious you're you've already alleviated all of the danger of that situation with minimal effort. minimal like yep. like and minimal damage will... to the person uh, the exactly aggressor. yeah and that's another thing too and that's one of the things why that's one of the reasons why i'm like a huge comp- uh, proponent of like uh, uh police officers knowing jujitsu because yes you see like these crazy videos where they're just like beating on someone regardless of race that, that's irrelevant yeah the problem is, is that the cops don't have any training yep they don't care they are just there to collect, collect a paycheck, a, a paycheck and a pension at 22 yep. years or whatever. Yeah. And so in that, in that instance, right. Like if your ability to, in in the military, we call it escalation of force, right? If yep. someone is fighting me, I'm not going to pull a gun. And that is the, that's the main reason why I decided to start doing jujitsu is because I wanted to have another level between yep. starting something or someone starting something with me and pulling a gun. So I wanted that middle area. Now I feel pretty confident that 99% of the people that I interact with 
unless they're like some secret UFC fighter, which is very, very rare. Impossible. Yeah. There's not there's not going to be many people who are able to really do anything. So in in that in that instance, it's I'm just kind of I'm just dealing with it until I can't. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, really having that in your tool belt is I mean, it is just another tool, another level of safety. I mean, they say even at earning your blue belt, 90% of the population of normal people, you'll be able yeah. to handle in a, in, a, in a street fight. I mean, it just is what it is. Every fight eventually will go to the ground. Yeah. Unless you're going to, you're fighting with Floyd Mayweather or whatever. Like, I mean, really it's going to end up on the ground and your use of distance and space in, in said situation is I mean, essentially could be the difference between life and death for somebody, mm -hmm. you know, and numerous, I mean, watch any YouTube video, man, like anyone who's trained, I mean, not say, okay, anyone listening, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or jiu-jitsu in general is not magic. It's not just some thing that you can say you do and practice and all of a sudden you have magical powers. This is not what it is. You take your baseline and you just elevate your, you know, your probability of successfully neutralizing and ending any sort of altercation way before something extremely bad happens. Yep. I mean, you sink a choke in eight seconds, dude's out. You hold it for 12, you start, you start running the risk of permanent brain damage. I mean, that's the beauty of this thing is you have the ability and the knowledge to, you know, use the human body against itself. Essentially you're using, whether it's a, you know, a choke or, you know, uh, you know, some sort of joint lock or whatever to submit someone to the point of not wanting to aggress anymore. Yeah. And it really is another tier, another safety net of, of what you have to go through in order to, have to use you know a weapon of any kind yeah definitely and if you do you have it but correct you don't need to right no you should no definitely i mean you should definitely uh i mean i mean it goes down to training with if you carry a firearm you know it first of all it shouldn't be a paperweight you shouldn't just leave it at home what's the point of having the gun yeah. but on the other side of that if you're not manipulating and using and training on the weapon system you have what's the point of carrying it anyway you're going to shoot someone you're not intend to shoot yeah exactly you're going to shoot you're going to shoot over him through him to the side somebody it's just it's being proficient in the skills necessary i mean going back to being a protector man that's what we're called to do in you know for our family for i mean even like with your skill set at church right like absolutely God gave you the experiences he gave you and you've done and trained the things you've trained. Like now you get to use those for his glory by serving the, your community. You know, it goes back to what we're talking about a little bit ago, you know, ha having already weighed and counted the cost of what carrying a firearm means, means yeah. at the end of this, every time potentially when this comes out of the holster, it's ready to go boom. And it's going to go boom with the knowledge that someone's life is going to end. Yep. And that's a, that's a weight and that's a weight you assume by being a, a, a person who carries a firearm. 
you know? And for me at the church, yes, I love people. Yes, I love my people. And if you're going to come with the intent to cause harm at our church or at any point or at my family of any point, time or day, it's going to be a bad day for you because I've counted the cost. I've trained and I know how to use the weapons that I choose to hold. And at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's like, then you bounce like, then you see the the, the polar spectrum of the other. Well, it says in the, the commandments, thou shall not kill. It also says not to steal and to hurt. And, <laughs> and, and like, come on now. Like if it's the difference between me and them going home and their intent is to cause harm to me and my family, I'm going home there. Yeah. Uh, that's the end of the day. That's just how it is. And I think that mentality as a, I mean, even as a Christian, you got to think dude, like of the culture and time of the disciples, even like they carry swords, like those, like, I mean, it is yep. what it is. I mean, the, 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 the evolution of weaponry is, is, is evolved. We're not walking around with a big Roman centurion sword. We're carrying nine millimeters, like personally yeah. on me right now, I've got 39 rounds ready to rock and roll. We're good. Rock like, and roll. That's it. But it's, it's that mentality of serving our churches through the safety team with a skill set and a knowledge that most people choose to either in ignorance or a willful knowledge of not even considering the world is a different place. Yeah. And the, the dangers are everywhere. And it's for, it's called to us to be, you know, what is it's as cunning as a serpent, but as gentle as a dove, right? Like my first instinct is to love people, but if their instinct is to cause harm, I better be prepared to act first and end it outright. End of the story. Oh yeah, for sure. Your AirPods die. uh... Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I can hear you good. All right. Hold on a second. Trying to switch here. Technical difficulties. It's like two seconds ago. The left ear died. Mm-hmm. I don't know what was going on, so I just popped him out. Hold, please. One moment. Holding. How about now? Nothing? All right. Hold on a second. I thought those headphones were going to be good, but they're... Yeah, which is poop. All righty. Okay, so this is down super low. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. I kind of ruined it, I think. Oh, well. Let me try this again. Sorry, everybody. I'm. I was trying to do some uh, technical. I was trying to do some uh, technical stuff, but uh, it's, not working, it's right? not working. So yeah, yeah, all good. Ah, there we go. It was working. <laughs> good grief. We're living. All right, I broke it. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> it's only a few minutes, thirty seconds or whatever. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So. I say this a lot. If 
if you're married and or have children and you don't know how to fight or shoot and carry responsibly, effectively, yep. whatever it is, you need to change that um, because there are people out there who are actively pursuing violence against yep. you and your type of people, whether you're um, someone mm. like me or someone like Nate, um, especially your spouses. The uh, in yep. this instance, in this instance, we're talking about women, right? Uh, me and Nate talking about our wives. Um, my wife carries all the time. So um, does mine. And I know there are some spouses. Can you hear me? Am I? Am I? No, dead. Dead. We, there are people whose whole intent and purpose is to cause evil and harm. pain in the butt. And especially now in the culture we live wow. in, we're as perf- as profession as as you profess Christ, you are and even have become more of a target for certain type of people. You know, sticking your head in the sand like an ostrich, thinking that it doesn't exist—that's ignorance. Yeah, you know, you have to be, you have to understand that that's out there. I mean, the evils of of, of that we face are—I mean, they're everywhere. And I think it goes back to situational awareness. We'll talk about it another time too. Like mm-hmm. watching and looking. I mean, dude, if you ask any person who's been a victim of some sort of of crime, um, whether male or female. They will unanimously um, say that right before the you know the interaction and the series of actions that followed, there was a an instinctual the hair stand up on the back of the neck, and they immediately instinctually knew something was about to happen, and that's called intuition. That's instinct, and knowing and being in tune with that is. I mean, that's why God put that inside of us. But that all yep. comes back to, I mean, even like with Jaron, our oldest son. Um, he's nine. He's, he's, you know, starting to understand he, he airs on the side of being a little like, you know, spooked easy. And we're out, you know, walking the dog one night and um, he was just like, man, this like stretch of the road kind of makes me a little uneasy. And I was kind of telling him, well, then, you know, typically if you're feeling a little uneasy, there's something that your body knows that you have yet to cognitively, you know, identify. And I said, you know, what helps that is being situationally aware looking around, always scanning what's going on, you know, 360, every few steps, you know, if you, you know, your ears, eyes, what you smell, like all these things work in conjunction with, you know, being the protector, like being in tune with what's going on around you to minimize the, you know, your, uh, your ability to be, you know, attacked or to be caught off guard. You know, it's entirely different when you're looking and expecting. Yeah, definitely. All right. So. Yeah. No, that mean that makes sense. Um that and that's kind of what we're what we're trying to do with this is make sure that we're able to kind of we want we want everyone who are <laughs> it's like all huge. <laughs> I know, I don't even know. <laughs> so um yeah, so basically like we've been talking about the purpose of this podcast is to kind of guide mainly men, um, but not necessarily just men 
um, through pursuing uh, something, you know, pursuing Jesus, um, being able to kind of understand what that's like from two guys who really like are not good at it. I mean, I'm not. we're not good at it so and i've just like i said just started doing this recently um and you know i'm still learning and that's why i have nate because nate is like my he's like my subject matter expert he's the guy (laughs) that i've been going to it's not it's 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 the truth like i've been going to you consistently for a while um yep so we got which is an honor for me by the way Uh, um so we got like three and a half minutes um, we're going to kind of close this out a little bit, but um, is there anything else that you want to cover? No, I mean, tonight, I think we, we talked it all. I mean, but find us on all our, you know, our, our Instagram, you know, God guns, the family podcast. I mean, we really want to, you know, yes, it's two dudes having a conversation, recording it, you know, for the podcast world to, to listen to, but really it, it's interactive for all our listeners too. We want to get to know you. We want to know about you. Yeah. If you have any questions, you want answered, you want to just have any subjects covered or whatever, you can always email us at godgunsandfamilypodcast at gmail.com. We'll filter them out. We'll answer them. But really, we want to get to know all you guys too. I mean, you're really just coming along for this ride with us. This whole thing started out of a a, a late night text. Hey, man, so I was thinking, <laughs> but what about a podcast? I'm like, yeah. dude, all right, let's in. I'm in. I don't know what that even means. I'm like, dude, what do I need? Here, buy this, this, this. I'm like, oh, cool. All right, a microphone. All right, sweet. And it's like, yep. boom, this ball's rolling, man. But it's just, it's just an honor to be doing life with people, you know, because God's created us to be relational beings. We're not, I mean, look at the Discovery Channel, look at National Geographic, which bison gets eaten. It's the, it's the one on its own, man. There's, I mean, God's like imagery and God's, I mean, he's woven his, his voice into everything. I mean, you can even look at that right there and figure out, you need relays or strength in numbers. So this whole thing man, has been rad. It's super awesome. So we're just yeah. honored to be doing this thing with all y'all. Yeah, man. All right. So that's all we have. Um, Nate. Want to take that in prayer, my brother. Yes, dude. All right. Oh, Jesus. What it is. Uh, it's such an honor. Just is such an honor to serve you, to know you, Lord. And at the end of the thing, everything you boil this thing down to is to know you is enough, Lord. And um, Jesus, that's it, Lord. So I just pray, God, a supernatural understanding of grace for for Mike, myself, for all our listeners, Lord, that uh, you just continue to mold and shape us into the people we're called to be. You put that natural protector spirit and heart in us, and we just surrender back to you. Let us be be tools and, and instruments of glory in your hand that you use however you wish, Lord, that every single one of these skill sets, uh, situations and experiences we've gone through, not to be something that we just hoard for ourselves, but we freely give away. So Lord, we surrender to you. You take this podcast and you use it, Lord, to touch as many people as you uh, have authored it to do. And let this thing keep growing for your glory, Lord. So we just honor you. We thank you that we get the honor and privilege to be counted a son and daughter of you. And we just uh, surrender our lives to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Till next time, y'all.
we just wanted to say again, thank you so much for spending the time to listen to this podcast. We really want everyone to feel welcome to ask questions and be part of this. Like Nate was saying earlier, we want everyone to be part of this community. Okay. That's the way God intended it. That's the way Jesus intended it. So if you have ideas, if you have questions, feel free to reach out at God guns and family podcast at gmail.com. We really would love to hear from you. Please send us something. All right. Thank you very much. God bless.